Happy Bisexual Visibility Day or Bisexual Pride Day, whichever you prefer to call it. I'm really excited, you guys, to be releasing this particular episode on this particular day. Joining me with probably one of my favorite guests I've ever had just because it was so much fun, you guys, and we cover so many amazing topics. Tim from the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. He is a certified sex educator and coach and he tells you all the things that he does better than I could in this intro so just listen to the episode and enjoy it you guys but I do want to let you know that this is something really exciting for me because I feel like LGBTQ voices have not really been represented super well on this podcast in the past so I'm really excited to start getting the these people on to help me with this I talk about my bisexuality a little bit in this episode but you're going to get a lot more gay culture type stuff especially in the sense of escorting and sugaring which I think is super exciting you guys male sugar babies are in my opinion I don't run across them near (laughs) near as often so I would say rare Uh, So I'm really excited to get to share this episode with you guys. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed getting to meet and befriend him. Hopefully I get to take a pole dancing class with him someday. I'm just really excited about this and I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, I will tell you now, before we get to that point, that you're not getting the entire episode this week. Episode 40 and the finale of season two of Sugar Pussy is also with Tim next week and That episode is going to finish stuff off, but it's also pretty much solely anal sex 101. So be looking out for that. If you enjoy this week's episode, you're definitely not going to want to miss next week's episode. Enjoy, you guys. (gasps) Ellie, what? Oh my God. You talked about sex? So to start off, I would love if you could introduce yourself to all of the people, just name, pronouns, sexuality, that kind of stuff, and then also your favorite place to have sex. Ooh, oh my god. Okay, hi everybody. My name is Tim. I'm from the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'm a certified sex educator based in Toronto, Canada. What, what? My my main sex education background is from being an escort and being a sugar baby just like ellie i don't know what else is here uh i am 20 something years old that is none of your business (laughs) (laughs) my sexuality is uh chaotic homosexual i am very chaotic um my pronouns are any pronouns but you can call me cum dump um okay (laughs) And my favorite place to have sex is in my anus. Or do you mean like geography-wise? I was thinking geography-wise, but oh, okay. I mean, hey, that works too. That works too. <laughs> um, honestly, my favorite place to have sex uh, right now, obviously, is like the bedroom because, you know, pandemic mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like pre-pandemic, it would be in the public library. Oh. Um Oh, yeah, because we had to be, like, extremely quiet. Actually, you know what, Ellie? Just this weekend, I had sex with my massage therapist. (gasps) Yeah, it was so hot. I know, I'm not, okay, real quick story. So I was on the massage table, face down, and you know if you're, like, face down, uh, your, your palms are, like, facing upward? 
So he's working on my back and then, you know, uh, rubbing the oil and everything is really warm. And then on my left hand, I feel like fabric, which is not the blanket. It was his shorts and literally right at his crotch. I felt it getting hard and I was like, ooh, okay. Because he's like really cute. He's like this very gorgeous Brazilian man with uh, beautiful dark hair, piercing blue eyes, and like a chest oh full of hair. I know. So like I started giving him like my my consent. Like I would wiggle my pinky and like stroke his cock a little bit with my pinky. And then he started getting hard. And then out of nowhere, while I'm still face down, I just get a like a flop right in my palm just a thick hard <laughs> cock right in my palm and you can guess what happens from there we had to be really quiet because there were other clients in the massage like clinic so we're like Shh, quiet quiet we really gotta like oh my god yeah yeah so um how long yeah. how long have you been going to this guy this was literally the second time <gasps> i went to him the first time around, he he just massaged me normally, but I think he was picking up on some pretty gay vibes, which is why he started to like make some moves on me, and I started to reflect his energy to him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? If you're into it, then I'm into it. So that is amazing. I know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to him again. And plus also, <laughs> plus also, I do actually get like a decent massage because like he is like a registered massage therapist and like I'm a pole dancer, right? So like my body's always in pain. So I get two types of deep tissue. <laughs> oh my God, that is fantasy stuff right there. Oh yeah. I Talk still about a way to open the episode. Oh my God. Oh, right. We're still in the... <laughs> We're still opening... <laughs> that's amazing i love it no no that is my favorite way to open up an episode i always try to have a story so your story is gonna be it this week oh thank you i didn't realize i i just rambled it's my bad it's your show i totally like you know overtook but no all hey, the stories we do the full episode just stories if you've got them like stories, stories. Are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well i've got a ton of stories for you ellie so Whatever you want, I've got it all. I've lived a life at a That's mere 20 awesome. years old. Wow, you're really hush-hush about that. <laughs> well, no, okay, I'm, I'm just, it. I'm kidding. I'm 28 at the time of this recording. I don't really care. It's just like a really funny thing that I make fun of because like, for some reason, gay men are so obsessed with not aging. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They're, they're like all about know that. muscles. They're all mm-hmm. about plastic surgeries they're all about like trying to keep their youth and i like i don't know how deep you want to get into it but i kind of know why but basically it's because gay guys they grow up uh hiding so much of themselves until they're ready Mm -hmm. to come out that they've lost they've essentially lost a huge chunk of their childhood so in an effort to regain that childhood we try to keep things that keep us youthful like our looks or um you know, lost time of experimenting when we're kids, when we're teenagers, mm-hmm. right? So that's a little uh, deep psychology 101, but, <laughs> you know. No, that's, that's super interesting. That's super mm-hmm. interesting. And that kind of touches on the first thing I wanted to talk about, which is coming out. Um, so I 
so it's interesting. My listeners are usually really shy, but I did get some questions for you. So you're pretty special. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of the first ones just do to are just kind of addressing sexuality and gender, some of the culture around it and everything. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I got a question about coming out as an adult. So mm-hmm. what I want to know is how is it different if it is at all? Just that kind of difference there. If you come out when you're younger, you have different challenges to face than as an adult, I would imagine. But I could be totally wrong. So what do you have about that? What would you say? So I'll speak from experience first. My quick little story. I came out literally on my 21st birthday. And the reason I did it on my birthday was because I thought that my parents would be like more gentle on me. You know what I mean? Like, they would be easier. Like, it's my birthday. You can't be mean Mm -hmm. to me. You know, it was that kind of mentality. Um, So I came out to them. I told them, Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. Um, But before the announcement, I, like, made arrangements. Like, I called my best friend. I told him, hey, can I stay over at your place if shit hits the fan? Because I'm about to do it tonight. So he was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. Like, it's so great to have, like, just a small little network of friends that you can rely on before you come out. but also, like, people listening to this should know that, like, coming out is your own personal definition. For me, my definition is coming out to my parents. So coming out to my parents on my 21st birthday was so nerve-wracking. I called my friend. I was like, hey, can I stay over if shit hits the fan? And he's like, yeah, yeah, totally. No sweat. So as soon as I made my plans, I, like, had a bag packed. I had some money that I withdrew from my account just to, you know, keep me afloat for at least like a week or something. And then I sat my parents down and they're like, hey, what's going on? It's your birthday. I was like, mom, dad, there's something that's been on my mind for quite a while. And that's, uh, I'm gay. And then as soon as I like literally said it out loud, I started crying. I was like, shit, it's finally out in the open. What's going to happen? And then my parents they said son thank you for telling us that we love you no matter what but can you please come upstairs the pizza is getting cold and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) we care about the food more than their sexuality (laughs) that's kind of beautiful though it is but also me being the dramatic homo that i am i kind of wanted the drama like oh no (laughs) i wanted the shouting match a little bit (laughs) but it was great that they treated it with such nonchalance and such a matter of fact behavior that i was like okay they're gonna be chill this is gonna be a pretty easy thing but the thing is it's not always like that for every gay person so back to the question is it different coming out as an adult than it is when you're a kid i would say yes because when you're a kid people like they they doubt you right no you're just a kid like you don't even know what you're doing you don't know what being gay or being trans or being queer is so that's already a challenge in itself when you're coming out as like a child because children they have a strong sense of identity at the age of four right they can start speaking and forming sentences my friend who is who is trans he knew that he was a trans man at four years old like he knew that like okay i have a boy brain but i have a vagina and like that really like brought him into question at such a young age so as a kid 
that's like your experience then but like when you're an adult you kind of have to start thinking about the things that you've already established as an adult right like your job your friends your uh, living situation you know like these things can start to come into play when you're coming out so who are you going to trust with such a huge secret about yourself who are you going to go to for comfort if shit hits the fan also coming out as a as an adult in the year of dua lipa 2021 it i feel that it is a little bit easier because we have so many resources available to us than when we compare our coming out experience to queer elders of the past where they didn't really have many resources or shelters or like a network right so yeah it can be very difficult no matter what time period you live in but also i think in my opinion 2021 onwards is probably the best time to come out as an adult because of all the network and all the resources that we have at our disposal like rainbow railroad or the organization i work for the aids committee of toronto like there's so many queer centric resources for us to find comfort to find our home and our chosen family yeah and it's it's so beautiful too because i mean i grew up super super christian conservative and so thoughts thoughts about that kind of stuff really were it was like an interesting progression for me and when Mm -hmm. i hit college so i was also homeschooled so i didn't have any friends I, i mean going through that kind of thing there were all other christian homeschoolers when i hit college i went to a big rather liberal university and so I started seeing those kind of organizations and stuff more and I was like it was like I got hit by a train right I was like whoa so much there's so much that I have been sheltered from and like just I didn't know about and so like hearing you talk about how it's so much better now than maybe 20 years ago and all that kind of stuff I just had absolutely nothing until I can't remember what year I went to college but even like four or five years ago, it was becoming so great. And that's when like, I saw there there was nothing. And then there were everything. Mm. It was just a crazy transition in my little, my little brain to like, right? to see and deal with. Yeah. And, mm. um, it, and so again, you don't have to answer anything if I ask you something too personal, but I'm curious. Um, when did my you... book is as open as my legs, honey. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm just curious because you mentioned knowing when you're really young. Did you do you remember when you kind of figured it out or did you always nope. know or was there a I, time? I truly was very confused because growing up in a conservative family in a conservative country in the Philippines, I was brought up in an all boys school which was next door to an all-girls school, actually. And um, at a, as a young kid, I did have, like, a girlfriend at the time. Like, oh, okay, she's cute, and we like to hang out together. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those petty little playground kind of girlfriend relationships. But as I was having this quote-unquote girlfriend, I also had feelings for my uh classmates at the all boys school so i was like hmm can i call him my girlfriend too right (laughs) yeah right so it it was like at a young age i knew that there was something different about me not that there was something wrong 
a lot of a lot of kids think that there's something wrong. I just knew there there was something different. I just couldn't put a name to it because when you're brought up in a very staunchly Catholic school in a Catholic mm-hmm. household, you don't really have that language of same sex relationship. Exactly. Or, right? Yeah, you don't have um any inkling of the word gay other than a Christmas song, like, you know, make the Yuletide gay. That's the only time I've ever heard that word used in my entire life, right? And I can really latch onto that because uh, it took me until I think I was 17 to even consider that I was bisexual because growing Mm -hmm. up, growing up, like, I didn't think about any of that world. Like, that wasn't Mm -hmm. an option for me. I was taught love the sinner, hate the sin type thing. And it was mm-hmm. never, it was never an option. I was basically taught that people choose this or it's their big temptation in life. That's what mm-hmm. Christianity mm-hmm. likes to teach. Right. And mm-hmm. you have, and if, if you have that temptation, then you can, you can fight it. You can not be that way, mm-hmm. which is Are horrible. You, but Right. But, are you bisexual B-I or bisexual B-U-I? Because you're a sugar baby. As in, you buy me oh. something, I become sexual. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a good one. That, I think that should be added, added to, to the, the alphabet. <laughs> bisexual. Yeah. I oh, identify yeah. as financially aroused. <laughs> hey, that's a thing, though. I am financially aroused. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm coming out to the world as someone that is fiscal sexual. <laughs> Man, you have you have something for everything. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. <sighs> Thank you. Because I identify as a bisexual too. <laughs> I'm gonna add that to my bio now. Do it. Bi romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But but yeah, no, I don't know if I even knew what the B and LGBT like stood for for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just wild. And then I finally started like thinking about my like my tr- my classic traits and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like boys for a long time. Like absolutely hated them. And I then still don't like boys. My family, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my family when I was really little would always be like, "Oh, do you like so and so?" And then they would tease me about it for like years and it was exhausting and i was just like no i'm i don't even want to be friends friends with it i don't like what mm-hmm. i would i would perpetuate this thing i don't like boys for like so long but then eventually like the, i mean i got older and they were okay but i still like had this <laughs> okay. weird confusion of like well but but what about this and this and then, so it's like it took a long time and then finally when i started learning the words and language and then when I got to college and everything it took me years but eventually I was like okay this is definitely what I am this is why I went through all of these different weird confusing stages in life and couldn't figure Mm. out what I was into and I never liked to date I never liked to do any of this stuff because I was just like chilling and I didn't know what I was supposed to do or be Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it it was so much because I was just so sheltered and I didn't have those languages or those anything to grasp onto and i feel like as a kid you you need you need something like that so badly yeah, yeah we, and i didn't have like, any of it yeah and also like we need to change like the way we view sex and sexuality and gender identity and all that because times are changing like 
we didn't have these kinds of terminologies back then, but they existed for such a long time. We just never had the vocabulary. We never had the language around it. So, you know, our education system needs to catch up with the times. Come on, people. Oh, just basic sex education needs to catch up with yeah. times. Oh like, my we're not going to teach kids about Abstinence. anal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, if they ask, then I'll be like, does your mom know you're asking? But, like, you know, we need to teach kids about, like, besides abstinence. Because, yes, yeah. safer sex is important and... But that's not the only thing. So I make the the metaphor that teaching safe only safe sex in sex education is kind of like teaching a chef at a cooking school only about salmonella. Like, um, okay, <laughs> how am I gonna cook the fucking food? How am I gonna right. like season shit? Right. So you got to teach sex education in the same way that you would teach a cooking class. There's so many other things besides you know, bacteria and germs. Like, there's gender identities, there's positions, there's uh, safer sex with yourself, you know, masturbation, there's toys, and I don't know, what else is there? Where to find a clinic, right? <laughs> so Masturbation is such a crazy topic for me. There was so much shame around it, but I started mm -hmm. masturbating when I was like 10. And so, Ooh, fun. yeah, so super young. But so I think it's a super fascinating question. I just like to ask everybody, like, when did you start masturbating? Because <laughs> I I was like, I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just mm -hmm. felt like I was like tickling myself or something. And I was so confused. But like, I started when good. I was 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It feels fucking swell. So keep doing it. I don't oh, even I know did. when I started masturbating, to be quite honest. Really? I think I would say I was I would probably be like eight. And I did not know what was happening to my body when white stuff came out of my my no-no parts, <laughs> as I would put it as a kid. I was like, it felt good, but now I've made a mess and I have to clean it up. <laughs> but I, I I just didn't know what it was. I, I was doing it, yeah. but at the time I didn't know what it was, but it felt pretty fucking good. I kept doing it anyway. <laughs> did you say eight, though? I would say if I could point an age to my first masturbating experience yes it would be eight wow i thought i was i thought 10 was young <laughs> <laughs> wow. no eight. uh i mean there are kids as young as like four or five that already mm -hmm. touch themselves anyway but like we wouldn't really consider that masturbating it's kind of just like oh they're exploring right. but technically it is masturbating when you're exploring your own body right mm, so. i like that yeah mm. so that's a nice pretty way to put it yeah exploring <laughs> your own body yeah. it's important though but yeah, okay. you don't you don't have to like come <laughs> so uh we have drifted very far but i do really want to ask this other question um sure you kind of went through them a little through some anyway when you told your story which thank mm -hmm. you for that by the way but just in general on this topic of coming out, what are some tips, strategies, and things to keep in mind for when you come out? Ooh, good question. So one thing, if you're going to take away at least one thing from this, uh, this, this question is coming out should be on your terms. It should not be on anyone else. Don't let other people tell you like when are you coming out just come out already it's 2021 everybody accepts it mm -hmm. like no that's not how it works like coming out is going going to be a 
lifelong experience it's not just like one big crash the door down and then you get your gay card in the mail kind of event (laughs) right i wish it was like that and like everybody knew but no coming out is more than just a one-time thing it is a lifelong thing so like for me i still have to come out to my parents back home not my parents back home but my family back home like Mm. i only my family here in canada knows i'm gay so if and when i do get to travel i have to repeat that entire coming out process all over again so yeah come out on your terms as long as you're comfortable and don't let anybody tell you when to do it so and and another um another thing to to keep in mind when coming out is to have a backup plan if you do have the resources for it for example me i had my best friend to lean on and i had like a place to stay for like at least a week or two weeks um again situations will always be different for everyone but have a network of resources available to you it doesn't have to be friends it can be your local lgbtq plus resource or a hotline just somewhere you can go to if you think shit's gonna hit the fan that's always nice to have so Mm -hmm. yeah just a little just something for the listeners out there well even if you think that whoever you're coming out to might be totally chill it might be just a comfort thing oh yeah with the anxiety to have those backups too Mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. Like, I know there are people out there that are going to be like, oh, okay, you're gay. I truly did not matter to me, but thanks for telling me. But right. still, I would be like shitting my pants. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're going to take it. I don't know what your views are on this. I'm still going to keep for my peace of mind. Right. Well, yeah. And then there's me. I never really planned to have any big coming out moment. But then mm-hmm. my mom was being rather homophobic. And I was right. super frustrated one night. And I just like, I was like, well, you know, I'm biased. I just came out in like this, like, like emotional, like state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely not the best way to go about it. Right. But it happened. And so I mean, after that, things were all fine. I was okay. Like nothing horrible came about it, but Mm -hmm. she like took a moment and she was not happy. And she's like, well, (laughs) I still love you. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And then just kind of went to bed and it wasn't good. So obviously Mm -hmm. that's not the way to go about it, but it can go like that. I mean, there was my experience and I didn't plan on that. I wouldn't do it again but it happened mm-hmm. that way. And so yeah. now that's a reality I for a lot of people live with it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, another thing to keep in mind when coming out, give yourself a little party. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, uh, as joking as that sounds truly like give yourself a little celebration um, because that's a big step for anyone. Like when you do decide to tell that first person to, uh, you know, when you when you give that secret out to someone, mark that occasion with something. Buy yourself a cake. Buy yourself a nice little piece of jewelry. Ask daddy to get you something, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think with the sugaring theme, you know. All the time. <laughs> I think you should treat yourself all the time. Or if you have somebody to treat you, make them treat you. Mm, yes. <laughs> Nothing makes me hornier than spending other people's money. <laughs> 
Um, well, this is a great time to talk about dating. So open Ugh, dating. about things Ugh. for a long time. Oh, I know it's your favorite subject, uh, but it is interesting if you are new to the gay dating scene or anything. Um, what what are things that you should know? Is are there like are there any secrets? Are there any like crazy tips that you'd have? What I mean, what's it like? For, and you're just getting into that scene. It could be a little scary. Well, men are trash. That's the first thing you got. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I love men. I like them. I'm attracted to them. You know, some of my best friends are men. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. When you're first coming into the gay dating scene, it is quite a wild time because queer spaces tend to be very overwhelming for the gaybies, you know, little gay babies who are just <laughs> dipping their toe into the into the scene. Um, like if you've ever noticed like queer spaces, it's always like party, party, party and all the drinks and um, a lot of heavy drug use. So uh, be careful, pace yourself. You don't have to indulge in those vices if you don't want to. Um, it, that, that's like, you know, putting yourself out there into the quote unquote scene. But if you're just going to go out on an actual date date, uh, I you treat it as any other date, you know, get to know the person and really be inquisitive, ask all the questions and just treat it like how you would normally hang out with a friend. Um, the thing is with men, though, <laughs> is that there's always this expectation of sex. So your conversation on your first date might be a little sexually charged, almost always. Um, so it's like, hey, how are you doing? And then how are you doing? And it's like, oh, my God. Ooh, okay, here we go. So, yeah, there's always this like expectation of like sex. And there's nothing wrong with having sex on the first date. Totally fine. But just know that it's there. Um, you don't have to indulge them in their sexual advances, you know, like make your boundaries known and make it clear that you're dating with a purpose, right? Are you dating to hook up? Are you dating to make friends? Are you dating to have sex? Make that known to everyone that you're going to go out on a date with. And then I feel like once you know yourself and you know your boundaries, your dating experience is going to be a lot smoother. Is it pretty communication forward, would you say? Are people pretty blunt or not so much? No, because people don't know how to talk about their needs right. in such a um, in such a casual way. I <laughs> I have like gotten over that hump to a point where I've met a stranger. Like, okay, literally last week I was at a bar, and I just met a guy. His name's Jeff, a very beautiful, bald, like well groomed eyes, at least six feet. I really wanted him to suck my dick. And I fully went, hey, I'm sexually attracted to you. What do you feel about that? And he's like, I'll be honest. I don't feel that way. But I do want to like get to be your friend. And I was like, cool. So we just had drinks. We keep in touch. And we're going to go grab lunch in a few days. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's so much easier than like, so you know, beating around the bush, you know, and just like, is he isn't he just like fucking say it 
uh-huh. so much it makes things so much easier for me so i don't have to worry about like <laughs> should i text him is he gonna text me back <laughs> do i feel creepy like oh my god i do not miss that at all oh my right? god Ugh, gross just be forward about your intentions and i feel like when you give that energy out into the dating scene and give that energy out into the universe it's going to come back to you what you want you're going to get give it time and give it the care and the energy that you deserve oh my god i'm sending the clapping emoji right now because (laughs) man that is that is a sound bite for sure right there put that on a tattoo put that on a shirt (laughs) i would wear that shirt all the time I need I need your little I need your little sex ed with Tim like symbol or picture or whatever. Just and then I need that in a conversation like... bubble. Yes. Just me it speaking to a vibrator. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, but do you see the logo? Uh, a lot of people take a double take at it because it's like me speaking into what looks like a microphone, but if you look at it closer, it's actually a magic wand vibrator. <laughs> Uh, I didn't notice. I'm going to go look at it. Really? Yeah. If you look at it, it's not a microphone. It's me speaking into a vibrator. Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> I'm usually so good at picking up that kind of stuff, too. It's a very uh... slick little detail. So, yeah, that's my logo. It's just me, like, fully speaking into a Hitachi Magic Wand, which is my favorite vibrator. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't see that before. <laughs> I'm blind. And it's even even on your Instagram, the picture, it's like Yeah, it's, it's like all over fully there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's it. great. My favorite vibrator on the market. Everybody needs one, no matter what body parts you have. <laughs> hey, my partner who has a penis loves my vibrator. So See? I mean, I left for a weekend. I was on a vacation with a sugar daddy and I got mm-hmm. back and it was dead. So <gasps> I know he what didn't whore. charge it back up for me. What a fucking whore! <laughs> Punish him. Uh, well, unfortunately, no. the damn dynamic goes the other way. So. Oh, ooh, okay, fair enough. No, but the vibrator I have, the one that's on my logo, is the one that you plug in, which I like mm-hmm. because I don't have to worry about the charge anyway. And it goes from like 5,000 beats per minute to 6,000 beats per minute. And it comes with like a bunch of extensions that you can use as uh, insertive toys. So like the magic wand is great because it vibrates just enough to for, for people who want like clitoral stimulation, which is amazing. But for me, if I don't want like any sort of external stimulation, I use it for like my sore shoulder. So um, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, it was just like great. And then I would put like this little cup on it, and the cup has um a penis sticking out of it. So then I would put that in, and then turn the vibrator on, and it just becomes like amazing. yeah, I yeah. Know. That sounds nice. My, yeah, my friends have said, "Oh, can I borrow your massager?" And I'm like, um, <laughs> you're probably gonna want to disinfect that before you use it. <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'd ask to borrow borrow something like that yeah because it doesn't look like a sex toy because it doesn't look like a sex toy it's just something that vibrates right so honestly though anytime they there was some there's some vibrators that are like obviously massagers like they have like four little things or whatever i don't know they're meant for your back but like even those if i see one at somebody's house i like 
stay clear because you never know when a boot hits somebody <laughs> and what they have lying around. I'm sorry. I just, I, just leave it <laughs> I don't care how innocent it looks. I know. Just like, I'm still going to put it inside of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were talking about how a lot of times they make sexual advances or there's expectations on a first date. So what does that mm -hmm. sexual timeline look like um, as far as like handies to blowies to penetration? I mean, do people talk about exactly where they expect to go that night or do they just kind of are there expectations as far as even what's going to happen? Like, and we're talking strictly in the context of gay dating, right? Yeah. Okay. So from my thousands and thousands of experiences, it never goes, no, not thousands and thousands, just over, a little over a thousand. But um, uh, in terms of like timeline, it's never actually that consistent because um, there are people out there. So in gay terms, in the gay dictionary, you have top, bottom, versatile, and side. Top being the penetrator, bottom being the penetratee, versatile being both. And there's a new term that's just coming into light called a side, which is someone that is uninterested in any sort of penetration. But they'll give like a blowjob, they'll give kisses, they'll do handies, but no anal penetration whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Right. So that's um that's like, you know, a really cool concept to to coin because a lot of gays they're really not that into anal and like I don't blame them. Anal is a lot of work. Jesus Christ, the preparation. Um, we're gonna get into that tomorrow. We're gonna get into <laughs> it, honey. Mm. No, but um uh if you are like uh interested in hearing about like the standard timeline it basically goes like um, making out handies and blowies um, and then it's around that time where you kind of play this game with your with the other guy like is he a top or is he a bottom you, you, like there's almost no verbal communication unless you need to stop right it's like you, you kind of like get their energy so for example i'm versatile so i don't know if i'm gonna top or bottom that night so if he puts his hands on my shoulders and pushes me onto the bed and pins me down i'm like okay that's a top mm, oh stop okay. turning me on <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot honestly <laughs> i wish i had a dick inside of me right now but i'm like still sore from last night truly Ooh. um <laughs> Yeah, it was twice. <laughs> so, um, and two guys. Oh. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Uh, wiping a little bit of cum off my lip as we speak. But, um, <laughs> uh, or if he's like a bottom, he's more likely to turn away from you and back up and open his neck and inviting you to kiss his neck. You know, so that's a sign that like, okay, he's a more of a receptive partner. But again, we live in the year of our Lord with an E, melancholy, 2021. <laughs> um, nothing ever lives in the binary anymore. So it's always good to have the conversation. It's like, hey, I'm actually kind of in a topping mood tonight or if I'm in a bottoming mood tonight. Um, there's actually this really cute scene in the show called The Other Two, where one of the characters is on a date with another guy, and they're both eating, they're both going to a pizza place, and they know it's going to end up in sex. So 
um one of one of the guys starts a conversation it's like um so i really like you and like i want to end up you know further so i don't know if i should eat this pizza and then the other guy goes hmm how about this how about i eat the pizza tonight and if we both like it you can have the pizza the next night and it was like really Uh sweet way to talk about like topping and bottoming without actually saying topping and bottoming and i'm like oh i want that so um, yeah it was really sweet it was really cute but um anyways so the point i'm getting at is always communicate like know what you're into first before you fully dive into the experience but you know also enjoy the moment right you don't have to go all the way to penetrative sex just you know let them let them feel you up let them kiss your neck or just like enjoy his body hair on you you know it can be as simple as that that was fantastic thank you for that Um, oh you're very well honestly this is some really solid information i mean (laughs) i don't i don't obviously have this experience so i can't talk about it really for with anybody but i have had people express like frustration or I have heard people be like, I just, I'm so scared to enter this world without, without this knowledge. And I feel for it. Right. Because I mean, dating, no matter your sexuality is kind of scary. So. Mm-hmm. Well, entering the anus is a whole new world. So oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's a different uh, playground altogether. So thank you for that. I'm really excited, however, because you have some sugar baby experience. Yeah. So finally at this point in time i'd love to talk about that and let's do it let's share notes yes (laughs) yes all of the notes so first things first um is there a demand for sugar babies who are penis owners i haven't been in the sugaring industry for quite a while but what i can tell you is that there is always a high 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 demand for male sex workers so that could include sugar babies um there's always a high demand for male escorting for male strippers so it logic would follow that there would be a high demand for male sugar babies okay and we're talking probably more so for also male sugar daddies right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah our favorite (laughs) and then so when you were doing sugar uh how did you find sugar daddies did this just happen naturally or did you seek them out well for me my situation is a little more unique than how someone would go on seeking arrangement Mm -hmm. so for me my experience in finding a sugar daddy was because of my escorting um, one of my clients who was a regular um, decided that he would no longer want to be a client, but rather move into like a relationship dynamic. But for me, I was like, I'm not ready to like date, right? I'm not in a position to date, but I can still hang out with you and like um, we can still do the things that we can do without the financial like background he's like oh no i totally still want to treat you and i still want to like you know give you money and stuff i was like oh okay 
So at the time, I didn't even know I was going to be in a sugar relationship. It kind of just like fell on my lap and fell on my chest and fell in the back of my neck, um, <laughs> wherever he wanted to fall on. Um, so yeah, uh, that was my experience in sugaring. It kind of just like happened because of my circumstance as an escort. However, if any guys out there want to be a sugar baby, I would say seeking arrangement is probably your best bet, as well as going into queer spaces. Um, because I, I'm speaking from the experience of a gay guy. So if there are like male sugar babies, go out and find yourself a sugar daddy. Um, you're probably going to find them like the old queens, as we call it, the the silver foxes, right? So go to a queer space and make yourself known be prepared for those side eyes because gays are the cattiest people. They're so rude. <laughs> They're truly like teenage girls who are like, ew, look at you. Ew. Yeah, no, seriously. It's so stupid. They're so catty. They're like living their Heather's fantasy. Like, ugh, you'd look better Each off dead. Own. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, no, they're annoying, but whatever. Um, but yes, uh, sugar finding yourself a sugar daddy in queer spaces or seeking arrangement but for me it was through escorting Uh, all right but what is it what was it like at least in your experience was it super sexually drived or more of a boyfriend experience type thing and it sounds like you're gonna say he wanted more boyfriend experience but there was still sexual but if you had to guess so i want your experience but i also want you to if you had to guess what you're gonna find more as a male sugar baby so for that one guy specifically, his name is Brian. So just so I stop saying guy. So Brian was my client that was super sexual. Like it was just okay. kink. It was penetration coming everywhere, the whole shebang. But as our dynamic changed to a sugar baby, sugar daddy, that became more boyfriend experience. But it was an experience that I had on my terms because I didn't want to be emotionally invested like that, right? Because I was still going through my own shit. I was still, like, going to school and, like, seeing my friends. But the the experience was leaning towards boyfriend experience, which I really enjoy. You know, I, I like having someone that I can talk to who has that wisdom of the corporate world, who has like connections that I would never be able to make uh, because at the time I was in the music industry. So him being in telecommunications, that would be like, okay, so he can probably get me a foot in the door. So I started being more emotionally intimate than I would compared to a client right? Like I start opening up my insecurities about him. I started uh, talking about like, oh God, I talked about trauma. <laughs> God. Oh, the horror. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God. Delicious. But yeah, it was those things that I started to open up to him. Uh, I would never like say that to a client that was just paying for sex. Right. Um, so having to drop my walls down a little bit and like be intimate and emotionally vulnerable that was a very weird yet nice time with being a sugar baby 
that's what I love about sugar dating, though, is that you can kind of decide mm-hmm. how invested and how much how much of an emotional attachment you're willing mm-hmm. to invest in somebody, and and you can make those very distinct boundaries and lines and follow them, and it's just like super low pressure, super low mm-hmm. stress. But Plus, Brian still... gave me his credit card to shop around. Oh, oh my God. God. I know. Oh, I was so God. wet. He told me to, like, buy everything uh, within this specific time frame. And then there was one time where he told me to go to Harry Rosen and buy a tailored suit. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he wanted to take me out to, like, a nice rooftop dinner or a fundraiser. <laughs> and I was like... I'm going to cry. That's why I'm a sugar baby. Yeah, my pussy (laughs) is crying. Yeah, my pussy was crying. Oh, my God. It was great. I loved it. In the best way. Crying in the best way. Yeah. Just dripping. Oh, yeah. I was fully like, I need tissue. Like, I know you're, you're like measuring my pants right now, but like this tailor needs to give me some fucking tissue. I'm fully erect in the men's change room. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I mean, your massage therapist was down, so. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to see him again real soon. He's going to go to oh, Vegas. I, bet. I yeah. bet. You've already probably booked it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've booked him like three, four months in advance already. I know. Well, and on top of me seeing an escort. In. Yeah. On top of me seeing an escort, right? So it's great. Thank Living you. my best sexual life out here. <sighs> fucking best. escorts, fucking sugar daddies, and fucking massage therapists. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. In your opinion, would there be any chance of a pl- being a platonic male sugar baby? What do we mean by platonic male sugar baby? No sexual pressure. Oh. So companionship, time, a relate like a platonic relationship, just a friendship. I would say yes. Uh, it's very possible um, as long as you do it on your terms. Uh, but because a lot of guys, they think with the head between their legs rather than the head between their shoulders, um, it, it can be quite difficult. But it right. is very possible because... There are some guys out there. There are some daddies out there who really just want companionship, who want like a shoulder to cry on, who want to go to bed with a guy and not have sex. They just want someone to sleep next to and that and they're staying there until the sun rises, which is like nice. And I did like get paid for that. And granted, it was a good rate because I'm an expensive Mm -hmm. escort, but um there there are there was a time where I did have another sugar daddy, not Brian. I forgot this other one's name, but um let's call him Alex. So um I did uh have that kind of platonic sugar relationship with Alex who didn't want sex. I wasn't invested in the relationship as much as he was though, so I did have to um, you know, break up with him. But it is very much possible, as long as it's on your terms. Sounds a lot like what I say, because that's probably one of the most asked questions just about sugar dating in general is, sex. well, yeah, do I have mm-hmm. to have sex to be a sugar baby? No. And the answer is no, but it's also difficult to find a sugar daddy who's not looking for sex in the relationship too. Yeah. But my, my always respond with that with, well, most relationships eventually want 
want to be sexual. And I'm talking about like yeah. romantic, intimate, and that kind of stuff. So it's possible, but don't expect it to find it like on your first yeah. try. You know, it's very much like finding a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. It's just that yeah. the needle has a lot of money attached to it. So it's <laughs> going to be worth it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The the key to being a successful sugar baby and getting that uh, gold star sugar daddy's patience, almost mm-hmm. patience and motivation mm-hmm. to keep trying to find yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could find yourself an asexual sugar daddy. Yeah. Though that's kind of what you're, you're looking for. Right. Cool. Cause sugar mm-hmm. date, sugar dating is often, they want the, they want an actual girlfriend or boyfriend or mm-hmm. just romantic partner. partner experience. Yeah. And that usually includes sexual intimacy too. So mm-hmm. it can be hard, but it's not impossible. I've heard it's stories. not impossible. Nothing right. is impossible. But so I'm curious, uh, how is sugar dating different than escorting in your opinion and your experience? For me, in my experience, sugaring takes a lot more emotional vulnerability than it mm-hmm. does with escorting because uh a sugar relationship is exactly as it sounds it's a relationship it is it requires some form of emotional vulnerability on your part and for the daddy to open themselves up to you whereas escorting there is like no emotional uh vulnerability on my part whatsoever yeah the client is going to be a little more you know um vulnerable and scared and insecure but that's really not my problem to make you feel like, you know, you're comfortable in your body. I'm just here to make you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, figure out your issues on your own, but I'm going to do what it is that we agreed on. So if you want me to make you, like, feel sexy, you're still going to pay me for it because I have a script in my head. It's like, oh, baby, no, you look so damn good in that long black dress. But like, obviously, I don't mean it. I'm like, you could be the ugliest fucking thing. You look like, I don't know, a stomped out. Yeah, yeah. You, you could look like a stomped out cigarette and I would still call you the sexiest thing ever. Um, but, you know, when as an escort, I'm paid for that. I'm paid to stimulate, just not stimulate. I am paid to fake intimacy right? To fake um, words of affirmation. I don't actually mean it, but this is work. I'm working for your pleasure. So um, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference when it comes to uh, escorting and sugaring. It's the, the emotional vulnerability and the intimacy. One is fake, one is more authentic. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that and I think that there's there's something to be said about both of those in the sense that it doesn't it doesn't really matter what which one it is you're looking for but they are very different mm-hmm. because yeah. it's I mean I think it, I would love to hire an escort someday when I can afford it for various mm-hmm. reasons right mm-hmm. but I also would love to be a sugar mama or sugar daddy or whatever and yeah, then be nice. so like I think both of those are super desirable in my mind but for very different reasons and they're both like perfectly fine to desire too mm-hmm. I once was listening to the podcast guys we fucked and I, I can't that. remember I know yeah. I can't remember which one of them it was who was saying it but they're like oh I just hired this escort and I got to pay a man 
to fuck me and eat my pussy but not come and it was the most oh. powerful experience of my life and yeah. i was like oh my god like yes. talk about a power trip like mm. yes you have to do this and you have to do this but you can't come and then you're gonna get your money and you're gonna leave and that's <laughs> and literally, that's all that's yeah. going on and i was like mm. oh i that's love that Actually, interesting you say that because the escort I work with now, I told him not to come on the our first uh, round, and he and I are now good friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, um, it, it's it's really it's an interesting dynamic when you're uh, switching from client to escort to now friends, and we still have sex, and I'm still gonna pay him for like work should i deem it as work and we both agree that what we did was work um but it's it's a very interesting like uh, transition in in our relationship right like i paid you to like withhold your cum even though you really wanted to and now and then i became like one of his favorite clients and just over time like we started to build trust and intimacy and like we have this really cool relationship uh we've been seeing each other for four years so wow it's nice yeah that's amazing yeah the relationships that you can build out of sex work it's great yes um i don't have experience on the paying end yet someday i'm going to be rich right (laughs) i'll be able to but right now right now i've been struggling so (laughs) our goal is honestly to go online shopping and turn on the filter (laughs) and switch from price match high to low (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i never thought about that definitely a goal (sighs) so what is sex with a sugar daddy like what's um and i'm talking i want the the gay experience like what's the timeline what does it look like two cis guys um (laughs) hmm, okay let's see that depends on on the daddy actually Mm -hmm. because um there's something beautiful about gay sex that is not like we're, we're not going to be limited to just a uh, penis inside ass all the time and also there's it, it allows for more adventure because we don't have to worry about like birth control right so yeah <laughs> sorry <it>. ellie <laughs> <laughs> that is like um, never never land <laughs> the dream yeah i know but but um there was one daddy who told me that he was gonna put octuplets inside of me and i could not like contain my laughter i'm like why did you say that (laughs) no but um sex with the sugar daddy is great because um it does vary from like um slow and intimate and sometimes a little quick to the pre-cum because you know they don't really have a pelvic control as much as they did back in their youth which is totally fine i don't mind um and then it can also range to kinkier sex right i've had sex with uh sugar daddies um who were like really into leather who really loved being tied up um who enjoyed bondage and a little bit of masochism and yeah it's a very mixed bag when it comes to gay sugar daddy because they've lived quite a life they've lived you know the life of a one percenter and the life of a queer person so they they can definitely bring some experience to the bedroom i like that Mm -hmm. yeah it's so interesting uh because i would say it's 
so sugar daddy dependent in my experience too. But honestly, I've only had, I've had maybe like just a couple, like one to three maybe who are actually down for, for kinky stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of them are, are interested in it. They want to discuss it and talk about it. But when it comes down to it, it's usually pretty vanilla. Find yourself a kinky sugar way. daddy. They will buy you the toy. <laughs> They're the ones that are going to buy you the toy. That's true. That's true. One, the one that I'm thinking of that is super kinky bought, has bought a lot of toys for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fantastic. There was one daddy that bought um, a cage. Uh, and when I say cage, like a cock cage, like a chastity belt so that he was not allowed to get hard unless I unlocked it for him. Yeah, it was, was kind of hot mm-hmm. having that control. Uh, and then another daddy who bought an actual, like, think of there's hooks in the ceiling and those hooks will support like a hammock, a leather hammock. And then it rocks back and forth so that his uh, his hole stays in place while I stand in place. And then I just push him. And then mm-hmm. as he comes back, I penetrate him, and then we just do that. Oh, that sounds fun. It was really fun. It's also really <laughs> relaxing when you're the one, like, rocking back and forth. Yeah. Because it's just, like, you can I'm snore. raising my hand for that. Yeah. For that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Just go sit there. Yeah. Princess all the way. That's what I know, right? So, like, if you find yourself, like, a kinky sugar daddy, they are the ones that are going to invest in the really expensive, good quality toys. I want a full dungeon. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, give That's me right there, red honestly. room. I want the mm-hmm. velvet, the silk, and oh, God, all of it. All, all of it. the things. I've always wanted, see, someday, if I ever have a house, I've always wanted a room devoted to sex. But, like, I also want it so I can transition it from, like, a pole dancing room to, like, <gasps> dungeon. Yes. And mix the two. I want, like, a dungeon-y pole room. I want that kind of aesthetic. Oh, my God. Hardcore. That's the dream. Right? Just like I have a collection of high heels right next to my collection of whips. Oh, I loved it. When I got my first pleasers, I was so excited. And I got mm. them when I was at my parents' house and I put them on. I was walking around the kitchen and my dad was like, What? <laughs> what are you wearing? Are you wearing? <laughs> Those are a little high. They are. <laughs> and my mom walked so- in. Well, she, and my mom walked in the room and she looked at my dad and she's like, Well, you know what she uses them for, right? And he's like, Pole <laughs> dancing. And it was the funniest experience. Oh my God. It's so great. My first pair of pleasers were these like sandals. And the platform is crystal clear, but it has a slit. And right above the slit in rhinestones says tips. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so people can put their money. Yeah, p- people yeah. can put their money inside of my shoe. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So you put where put your money where your mouth is and then step it right into my shoe. I'm really attracted to just being able to do the cool inversions and everything. Which is So I want to get my own yeah. pole and then mm-hmm. maybe maybe record. Don't get your own pole. But... Get daddy to get you your pole. Yes. Cuz those are expensive. They're so I mean, yeah, cuz I want yeah. a stage pole and those are over like Yeah. <laughs> they're they're really expensive, but you're paying for quality. So get daddy to pay for your pole. And maybe hop on his pole when <laughs> the time oh. comes. Oh my God! If Daddy buys me a pole, uh, I will be all over his pole. Don't You're worry. All over his pole. I'm gonna invert and I'm going mm. to pirouette. <laughs> Whatever you want, me. Daddy. Whatever you want, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is so fun. much fun! Oh my God, this is one of my favorite shows ever. 
that is where we're going to leave it for this week, you guys. I hope you loved it. I hope you guys got something out of it. Regardless of who you are, what your sexuality is, I found the whole conversation to be so interesting, so inclusive, so open, and so beautiful. And I hope you guys did too. Once again, happy Bisexual Visibility Day. I'm still like really happy that these this episode lined up with this day. I think that's really cool. And yeah, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I hope you guys are excited for next week. After getting to kind of get to know Tim, definitely go give him a follow. He gives all of his information out at the end, which you'll get to hear him do all of his plugs. But I am going to plug at the very least his Instagram for you guys right now so you can go connect with him at Sex Ed with Tim. It's his podcast Instagram page. And then also at Gay Slut Clown is where you can go follow his personal. Mm. All right, you guys, I cannot wait for you guys to hear next week's episode. If you have not, follow at Sugar Puss Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We're getting things up and going on those again. And then I have actually changed my Ellie Ray pages. The Instagram one is now its.ellie.ray. And on Twitter, it's at its underscore Ellie ray and the reasons for that are i'm kind of rebranding those pages to uh, to be a little bit more informative i have signed up to take loveology university classes and get certified as a love coach and i really want to specialize in sex work with that coaching work that i hopefully will someday do so i'm going to start with those pages i'm going to start putting information out there and kind of doing sex education page with the highlight on sex work so obviously instagram is going to hate that and i'm probably not going to last super long they're probably going to get rid of me very quickly i'm going to be very shadow banned so if you guys want to support that definitely go like and comment on those because that is how you beat instagram and beat them trying to shove pages like mine down so go support those if you would be so amazing thank you guys i will talk to you next week